Welcome to another episode of Punching Sideways, starring us. <laughs> Who's us? I'm Josh. Oh, I'm Mel. People should know. Don't you know who I am? I'm kind of a big deal. But people might be new to this today because we've got a pretty big guest on. This is true. Well, if you think I'm a big deal, if you've ever thought that I'm a big deal, <laughs> there's someone else that's a bigger deal than I coming on, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I, When I think about how big a deal you are, there's not many people that I think are a bigger deal. <laughs> but today's guest, Steve Bowen, is one of those select few special people. Yeah, look, I think the only thing he's really got over me is, like, his curly hair. Like, we both dress stupidly. I've just got to, like, up the afro action, <laughs> and then I'm I'm all in. Yeah, he's definitely got you beaten from the head up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> so, for people who don't know, Steve is... A long-time entertainer, MC, DJ, keynote speaker. Toastmaster. Toastmaster, successful business person, but also is now moving into potentially other arenas, which we'll get into. Yeah. Basically, my knowledge of Steve has changed since I've I, like I've known of him from afar and seen him as a very out-there character. And as I've known him a bit closer, and I'm not by any means saying that we're toit or anything like (laughs) that. We'll be toiter after today. Um, He's just a good, genuine dude. And it's community-driven. And anyone that is community-driven, I just align with immediately. So he's a good guy. Yeah, that definitely gets you going, the whole community-driven thing. So Oh, yeah. So if you want to get my motor running, (laughs) get around a bit of community. (laughs) That really gets me going. (laughs) So what gets my motor running is when people either share the show, which is great, yep. or they buy us a coffee at punchingsideways.com. Buying coffee is great. If you get buy us a coffee and that just helps to sort of cover the, you know, the costs involved with everything, as well as fueling my stomach with the the coffee that supplies me with the energy I need. That's to the get key. This. She can't win out in the head game, but she can win out on the stomach game. Yep. Yeah, hit, hit us up. I thought you were going to say hit me with a soundboy chip again. Oh, no, hit me with a coffee, please. <laughs> hit me slowly on the knees. <laughs> nah, this is Steve Bowen, the amazing entertainment extraordinaire. Let's see if he lives up to that plug I've just given him. I think the expectation was that when I said that, that Steve was still going to do the talking. I don't know how that works. I didn't really think that through. Yeah, no, you didn't. It's like when I turn up to somewhere <laughs> and I'm not eating and I'm talking to everyone else and I'm getting annoyed because they're not engaging with me because they're all sitting down and having a big meal. I'm like, it's a waste of my time, all this great knowledge I'm in. Parting and waiting for a response. It's not coming back at me. Oh, I've got enough. Okay. I've had enough to start me off. Keep me going for half an hour. All right. How long do you want this to be? 20 minutes? Five minutes? Do you have half a three quarters? I can do that for you. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Get get your nourishment in so you don't mm. like. Oh, right. yeah. Now I know I'm going that long. I better fire up a bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Bowen, thank you very much for taking your time out of your day on your farm to join us on Punching Sideways. Third time guest. You're the only third time guest, I think, from memory. 
Well, only because our uh, first session took so long that we needed to do part two. And now, <laughs> you know, we've got a whole new scenario. But thanks, Josh, for having me back. Thanks, Mel. You've got a, not only part three, you've even got a, like a new co-host as well with Mel. So this yeah. is pretty, pretty important. Well, I heard you turned him down and he just went for <laughs> no, the... No, I just couldn't afford the fees. <laughs> All these fees? All the Did dry charge... cleaning on those suits was going to kill me. You charge fees. I should, if I'd have known those fees, I would have played harder to get. So... <laughs> you played hard enough. So, <laughs> Steve, you come to us at... Free of charge. Free of charge, yeah. yes. Yeah, sure. We should, we should clarify that. Yeah. We should have said we get more donations if we said we're paying you, I reckon. Yeah. So can you just tell us, it's obviously been over a year now since we last spoke. Mel wasn't on the show then and now she is so it's been a while can you tell us about what has happened in that period because you're kind of i guess in my mind you're the head of an entertainment spear around here and yeah can you just tell us how things have been going and i think you were coming just off the back of your car accident last time we spoke or as well so well uh not a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah not a lot the entertainment industry has copped an absolute flogging over the last you know, 18 months or so. And you're right, uh, February was when I had the rally car accident and uh, COVID happened pretty much, you know, the lockdowns and shutdowns and so forth uh, were in March. So I used that time to recover initially and it was, it was a, in a sense, it was a, a great thing that happened at that time because I really wasn't able to work too well anyway and obviously uh, there wasn't much work happening. So it gave me a bit of time. But then after, uh, you know, I've been healing and I've, I feel fairly well now, which is pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, not a lot's happened, but, you know, got a little bit of work here and there over that period of time. And we did a lot of lobbying, actually, to try and keep dance floors open where we could and to try and lobby different uh, premiers and so forth uh, early on in the time to ensure that, you know, we were able to get that happening. And there was to a degree, but then obviously Victoria's been into some lockdowns for, uh, uh, you know, a few times now, and that's affected my business as well and then obviously new south wales now in lockdown and i'm speaking to you from lockdown yeah and it looks like you know pretty much most of my work this year i really doubt it'll go ahead so not a lot's been happening well there no you're lying i know you're lying okay. there's lots okay so not in potentially not in the entertainment sphere which is where we get our happy feels right yeah from there so I can appreciate too that being isolated from the thing that brings you joy, being you bringing joy to other people is, you know, it's not great. I've struggled with it and I was way, 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 way further behind than you in your entertainment sphere, I would say. But there are things that you have done. You've been doing your, you did your 365 day walk I have. I'm up to 600 and 605, I think, now. I haven't. I had a little pause at the start of this year, but uh, I'll still keep ploughing in there and and uh, doing some uh, some walk and talk, you might call it, and yeah. a little bit of a little bit of support where possible. Some things that pop into my head, uh, some motivation where I can, and just to uh, give others a way to inspire as well, and also to keep me accountable. So. I have been doing some walks. I have uh, been working as the, um, you know, when when a lot of the entertainment slowed down, I've been working as an ambassador for Kiranari for disability and also for aged care. I was able to make a, a cool ad with my with my dad 
to uh, to help support uh, aged care. And, and unfortunately, in, in May, we lost him. So uh, that was also something that's, that's been happening. So I've, uh, you know, been inducted into the Hall of Fame, which has been nice from a from a Orby Wodonga Business Awards, uh, Business and Slash Community Award. And uh, I've also now got no work. So it seems a little bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a hollow accolade, for want of a better word. Plus, I've put my hand up to, uh, in that time as well, to run for council, you know, quite a few months ago as well, which is also on pause because uh, the elections have been postponed. So there's been a bit going on, but you know, a bit, but, you know, not lots all at the same time. Tell me this, with council, where did this come from? Has this been something that people have just gone to you going, oh, you should run for council, you'd be great, everyone knows you, like this, and then it was just a a liberty of like, oh, I've got time now, let's be productive with that time, or was there another approach to it altogether? No, there was. I've been asked to be on council or to, or to run for council over the last 25 years, and I've been asked to be on people's tickets over that period of time as well. And it just hasn't felt the right time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'd thought about it for a while, and when it came up, that I thought, oh, maybe I should. And you know, I've been talking with a, a good friend of mine who is a councillor in Wodonga, and uh, and so he's been encouraging me as well at this stage. And then Kylie King mentioned that uh, she was going to run for council, was looking for someone to maybe, you know, work with and to run with. And I thought, what a great idea to work with somebody that I'm, that I find has got great integrity and uh, that I align myself with quite well. Um, she's a real down-to-earth person. And I thought, yeah, you know what, that'd be great rather than do it on my own, which I know I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought, no, it'd be great to uh, to consider running with somebody and learning as we go. Uh, so I thought, you know, my kids have uh, left home and uh, maybe this is the right time, whereas, you know, I still had a family to, to bring up and, and fairly heavily involved in work. And, of course, you know, I've had a bit more time over the past 18 months as well too. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And to see if I can make a difference, you know, that's – I don't have any agenda. There's no one real thing that, that has to happen other than I'd love to – to see Aubrey and slash Aubrey Wodonga uh, create a better branding for, for for people to come here. Yeah. And I think that that seems to be the common theme with everything that you do, that there's a level of integrity and how can I make things better, which is why I like you. And I'm sure it's why a lot of other people like you as well. You're very up. You seem to be very upfront with everything. So there's not really much, dare I say, bullshit that people could sort of dig into that you probably wouldn't say yourself? I haven't got time. I just haven't got time for that. And I just want to see if we can make a difference, cut cut away all the stuff we don't have to do and just get on with uh, making this uh, place even better than what it already is. So it just felt time. And uh, so, yeah, I put my hat in because, you know, a lot of people talk about stuff and uh, and I, you know, and I don't think that the current councillors are necessarily doing a bad job. It was just time for me to add more into the community than I'm already doing now. And I thought, well, what a great way to do it. And you clearly have a, a history, unlike other people that may be applying for those same positions and running for the same positions. You're a master of branding to start with. You've done a great job of branding your own business. That's been successful up until this and probably through this whole period, you've built a history of 
of achievement outside of a political realm. You've got your own domain success. But I think with things like the 500 or 600 days of walking, if any BS was going, coming out of Steve Bowen at any point, it would have slipped out over all of those talks. <laughs> and, the, yeah, and that's up to other people what they yeah. feel. Those or maybe maybe <laughs> that's the wrong term, maybe a lack of genuine intent yeah. that would have come out because otherwise you would have been acting that entire time and I don't believe you were. It just was one of the more genuine things people have done around here. I think being authentic is is really important, and uh, and people get to know that that's me. You know, if I'm happy, you know, I, I show it. If I'm excited, I show it. If I'm elated, you know about it. And when I'm down, I'm you know, I find spaces to not stay there for too long. So, but yeah, I go through all emotions like everybody else, uh, and I'd just rather be on top of things and happier and positive than not. So, I like to find all the good things that come out of the bad stuff. Which leans into your boomerang theory, right? Spot on. Yeah, the boomerang theory is, you know, what you throw out is what comes back. And and really, you know, the, the, the boomerangs have been coming back left, right and centre from the work that I've done in the community and things that I've put out there for, for others. And you don't do it to get it back. But, uh, you know, just recently, you know, I've uh, with, with no work, you know, at the moment, uh, you know, I've had a number of people ring up and offer me some uh, some jobs at this stage, and so that's really uh, you know an amazing boomerang, and that's how it, how it happened with Kiranari as well too. I just sort of said, look, yeah, if you've got anything, let me know, and and they didn't just put me on for some disability support work; they put me on as their ambassador to help brand them and help lift their profile and get it out there. Hence the, uh, the some of the commercials on radio and uh, and also on TV. And, and I wanted to make it authentic, so that's why I put my dad in it because, you know, I was caring for my dad and uh, and so we got care through Kiranari and it was a really easy thing to speak about because it was it was real and the biggest thing that most people said was, is that really your dad on the ad? And, and the amount of people that have come to me and said, that's the best ad on TV, you know, locally that's been produced. And I, you know, we had a budget of not much money and, you know, I just wanted to have a bit of quirkiness, a bit of um, every ad. You know, for aged care is usually, you know, about, oh, we'll care for them, we'll look after them, we'll make sure you're okay and comfortable, you know. It was all more, not necessarily patronising, but they were all very nice and lovely. And I wanted to add a bit of humour, a bit of fun, because, you know, my dad likes having fun and, and getting involved in things. And, and you know, people still want to live, not not necessarily wait to die. So that was the whole idea of adding a little bit of uh a little bit of fun in, in the ad as well too and a bit uplifting. It is one of, well, it's the only local ad that I can remember specifically from the last 12 months. I mean, not that I've watched that much normal TV, but it, that did stand out. But you mentioned before, Steve, that when you're down, you don't stay down very long. And there's probably people listening that maybe feel a bit more down in general than they may have in the past or continue to. Do you have any specific things that you do to get yourself out of those funks, so to speak, that you might be able to share? Yeah, look, I do, Josh, and it's it's something that you that you've got to train yourself for. It's like being a, an athlete uh, mentally, and you just got to practice and practice and practice. But some of the things that I've done is I've got a happy list, and I know I've I mentioned that on my walks as well. And having a happy list, just the things that you're grateful for, and really basic things, because I think we get caught up in, oh wow, what happens if you know this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen and things that you can't control. Get rid of the stuff you can't control and just work on the things that you can. And that really makes a big difference because I can't control what the weather's going to do. 
I can't control what the government's going to do. I can't control what the virus is going to do. Only in my world. So look at the things that I can control is what I say, what I do, and, you know, and how I speak to others and the feelings that I show. So I can control those, um, whether you like it or not. And so therefore, the things that you put in to your brain, to your mouth, you know, things of that nature, like food and, uh, and you know, I mean, I've, I watch the TV, you know, a lot recently in the last 18 months, and I've just sort of slowly wanted to stop watching it because it's not bringing any joy into my life. So switching off the TV can really make a big difference. Sure, you need to be aware of what's happening to a degree, but, you know, there's a time when you finish that show, bang, switch it off, and then actually do something else. So I've got a happy list, and it's a really it's a really simple list, and I could quickly give, just give you an idea of how the happy list can work so steve steve is looking in his phone i'm assuming people or in a small book i can't see that but no i mean i'm looking in my in phone. The phone yep yep and i've just I've, I've typed it down just into here when i'm on time for things i'm happy uh, i'm happy when i'm hanging out with my grandsons uh, when i wake up next to my wife when i'm organized just little things like um when i do a random act of kindness for somebody else when i look in the mirror and smile when I'm entertaining at an event, when I'm having a good hair day, LOL, I've got after that. Um, <laughs> you know, when I live with integrity, uh, when I'm honest, when I call and connect with friends, you know, when my car's clean, just small little things, you know, when I stop twice. Stopping twice for me is stopping once is enough. I have to stop twice because I get a little bit, uh, you know, over-exuberant. So stopping twice is a is a key. And when I see a traffic light, that's my anchor that I use when I've done a training session a long time ago to teach me to stop twice. If you're running late for a job, you're already running late, don't go through the traffic light too fast than you need to. Slow down, get there, you're late already. If you're a minute late or half an hour late, you're late, full stop. Dang, speeding's not going to make any difference. So little things like that, you know, when I keep life simple, when I take action, when I have gratitude, when I live with gratitude, you know, when I stop worrying about what I haven't got and focus on what I've already got. So you know, it goes on and on. I've got lots of things on there. There's probably about 50-odd things on that uh, happy list. So they're the things that help me get back. And I know that when I'm feeling down, it's time for me, you know, I'll sit in that for a bit and then I'll get annoyed with myself saying, you know what, if you want to feel like this, you know, stay thinking this way. If you don't want to feel like this, start taking action towards what's going to make you feel better, you know, tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next hour or whatever it may be. If you like us, like I like us, get onto punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. So let's talk about action on creating a good hair day. How does that <laughs> A shower could start. A shower. I'm keen to hear that, but I'm upset that joining the guys on Punching Sideways didn't make the gratitude oh, list. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh, that's, that's, hey, I didn't read them all. This, read no, them all. no, this was the list before that. Yeah. So This redefines this the list. pre-punching sideways. Now it's going to be, a, it'll be added after. But let's let's talk about your hair because it's... <laughs> iconic. I, well, it's iconic, but also I know this is a bit of a, there's a bit of story to it, but I always yeah. like to ask people about their, their hair care regime. So if you've leaned in and said, firstly, when I have a good hair day is it just as much as washing it or is it not washing it or how do you create a good hair hair day remember i said lol yeah i know okay but yes 
uh, when I'm washing it. And to all the hairdressers out there, you guys do an amazing job. And I know that this is frowned upon in the hairdressing industry, but I use Pantene, have done so for 35 odd years on the Pantene. And uh, so there you go. So you've had the, you've had this hair. The hair's a good your... hair day is just is just washing my hair, conditioning my hair daily, and putting a wide tooth comb through it in the shower, and that's it. Let it drip dry. Done. That's drip it. dry. So I know this story, but I'd like you to share it about why the hair, because I'm sure it's so iconic with you. Exact same with your brightly coloured suits. Why have we got this curly mop on your head? Steve, and so I, so thank you, Mel, and I know you know this. Uh, and like I said, I, it, it's only slowly become public recently because it wasn't really anything I needed to to do. Initially, you know, I uh, I wanted to do it to see whether if you can have long hair, can you still be respected and can you still be, you know, uh, taken seriously in, in one way. But also, my mum died when I was twenty seven, and my mum had curly hair, and so I thought, well, I'll I pay tribute to my mum, and I I won't cut my hair all for a, at the time for a long time, and pay tribute to the death of my mum. So so sort of I've got her living with me all the time. It's a beautiful story, and I I thought that it was important for you to tell it yourself. So thank you for sharing that. That was good. No, that's okay. So just that is really beautiful. Mel got that perfectly. Just with the suits, Steve. I don't think I've talked to you about these in the past because, as you said. I think in the lead up to this conversation, every time we talk, we seem to run out of time. And <laughs> just with the suits, was there anything behind those other than the fact that you just pop out of every background imaginable on the stage? It's pretty hard to not know you're there. <laughs> um, look, the suits, I started actually wearing, like, I love colour, okay? I love colour. And, you know, I I think it's great. And I started actually wearing coloured shoes. Uh, back in the day when the Doc Martens were out, I, I, I found there was a lots of different coloured Doc Martens. And so I, I'd get every different colour I could. And that was cool because there wasn't lots of, you know, colour for a guy uh, in the – in the and, and also from a suit point of view, if you go into a suit uh, shop, you know, 30 years ago, you could get grey, navy or black for a male. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Oh. And it was like, oh, man, you know, and maybe brown. <laughs> but, you know, things have changed. That's That was a long time ago. Yeah, so I started wearing, you know, while I was wearing suits to events, I started getting coloured shoes. And, I, you know, th- this was cool because Doc Martin had a, a big range and so I started to wear those. They became – I became – a bit tired because they were heavy. I found the Doc Martens really heavy when I was, you know, dancing at an event and then having to set it up and pack it up. And, you know, I was knackered by the end of the night. Plus, I'm flat-footed as well, so not ideal. And it takes 10 months to wear a pair in. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to actually wet them and then you wear them around wet and they're heavy as for a couple of days and that's bad. Anyway, <laughs> then I thought it'd be really cool I, um, as a present, as a gift, my wife had a coloured suit made for me. And uh, so that was pretty cool. I had a red one. That was the very first suit I ever got. And I had a local lady, a dressmaker, uh, she got to make it for me. So after I got that, I wore it to functions and went, oh, this is cool. So many comments on it. I went, wow, this is great. So, you know, I had uh, matching Doc Martens as well too. I had the Union Jack Doc Martens that were, that were like a, 
and I ended up getting them signed by Tim Brooke Taylor from the goodies because he always used to wear Union Jack stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I gave them to a charity and then I gave them to like, a you know, St. Vinny's or or Salvo's or something like that. And then someone rang me up uh, and said, oh, well, he's signed by by the goodies. Oh, can you know, I get a bit more? And they were your shoes. Oh, I'm going to put them on eBay for $350. I went, oh, <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the whole point, but it was just uh, – so. You know, and then I uh, I got another suit made. I got another colour made. I got a green one made next, and then and then I got another one made, and a pink one made, and a purple one made. And anyway, so now I've got oh, I've got quite a few. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I think there's about twenty six. And then I've I'm starting to get jackets as well too, so I can you know uh, maybe wear uh, you know a, a neutral coloured pair of pants and then change jackets as well too. So you've got you know I've got several different jackets as well. Uh, so yeah, so the the suit wearing was to create some fun, to create uh, some entertainment without actually having to say anything and to express my personality a bit more and also from a branding. And as you can uh, see now that uh, I knew that it would be back then a good branding scenario for me and, you know, it has been. So uh, I continue to do that and, and you know, people, you know, if I think, oh, maybe I won't wear a suit to this event and then my wife Reminds me that yeah, come on, you better you need to wear one. They'll be expecting you to it. And sure enough, that's part of my uniform now. Firstly, thank you to the beautiful your beautiful wife Petra for starting you down the suit suit route. How do you go about picking the suit for the event? Oh, that's a great question. Oh. Great question. Now, <laughs> if it's a public event, I'll choose my own. Okay, and I might. Uh, I often I'll often get two or three out and take two or three with me at every event oh, wow. now. Experience tells me that. If I'm doing a private event, I always ask the uh, the client what colour suit would they like me to wear. So it is totally a client's choice about what colour suit they'd like me to wear. And I, I <laughs> I'm working on putting a little, yeah, you know, a little sample. Uh, a sample book together. A textile so sample. Can, so, they, yeah, so they can match them up with their, especially from a wedding point of view, especially yeah. I want to either, you know, work in with a bride and groom or their colour scheme or match in with them or move right away from it depending on what they're looking for. So, yeah, that's how it works. So I let the clients decide when I'm doing a private event, if I'm doing a big public event like a family fun day or a corporate event or something of that nature, I might wear their corporate colours or, you know, or I'll just wear something to uh, – it's designed to create talk, you know, to create some talk, create some entertainment and to show that I'm there for some fun, not there, you know, I'm not there as the fun police. Speaking of talk, because of your exuberant personality, this is again something that I sort of know the answer to but I'm going to ask, how have you handled like the talk around maybe perception of, oh, he's just a fool, he's got no idea, he's just a bit of a clown scenario uh, maybe under like I know from talking to you that there is so much more going on than what people see on stage mm -hmm. and how have you handled you know perhaps a a bit of a you know a disregard to to actually the level of work that you put in and there's a deliberateness to it yeah I think I think the key is and it's a great question Mel because like I wouldn't say that I've got an exuberant personality. I would say I'm just me. Now, the fact that I'm happy to show my emotions, if that makes me have an exuberant personality, then so be it. 
But I've just learned to be honest with my emotions, to express them. And when you're more vulnerable on stage or anywhere for that matter, it allows you to be even more powerful than what you really understand. So for me, uh, I dive deep into uh, I I care about people uh, because people think, you know, initially my business is about music, but my business is really about people, about connecting with them, about celebrating great times with them and about helping them with really special signature moments and really life-changing events throughout their life. And you don't realise how much of an impact that you might have had on people over the period of time that maybe I've been doing, you know, events for. But also, personally, I mentor a lot of people. I mentor a lot of youth. I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of keynote speaking and, uh, with businesses and also youth. So, you know, on, on self-esteem, on self-worth, on values, on anti-bullying, uh, on suicide prevention. I do lots of things of that nature that really is really important to me, that it really um, connects with me and I'm really passionate about. So, you know, what other people think of me, though, is none of my business. And really, and that's how it works. You know, if I worried about what other people said about me, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. I probably wouldn't be a DJ or an MC uh, or anything of that nature. So, you know, it's my path. It's my path. It's my journey. It's about being authentic to myself and liking who I am and being kind to not only others but also to myself. So so for me, people can say exactly what they like, but when you get to know me, you know, you'll understand that I'm genuine, uh, that I uh, that I really uh, care for other people and that, you know, I, I, uh, I like to support. So, you know, that's that's it. You know, what other people think is really none of my business. I remember talking to you, oh, it would have been oh, over a year ago, but I was having a bit of a vent about how I was annoyed because a lot of people I talk to don't realise that I've got brain cells because they see, you know, the facade or the, the character that you're playing. The, the ha- flannelette shirt. The, the flanny, shirt. like the happy yep. thing. And I, I was recounting where I'd had a conversation with some guys several times and he'd turned around and one time and just gone, oh, you're actually quite smart, aren't you? And I remember just being like, oh, yes. Like, why is it taking this long? And and you just turned around and goes, that's none of your business, what they think. You just keep doing it. So I wanted to bring that up because it did really um, help me, I think. I still have to remind myself a little bit that, you know, it's, it's not really, like you said, just hold yourself with integrity you know, I go to sleep at night knowing that I'm a good person, that I've never done anything malicious to, you know, hurt anyone on purpose or anything like that. So that's sort of how I try to filter myself. But I think sometimes to have someone to point that out to you is also a nice thing. So I appreciate you doing that, you know. And I think because you can too, Mel, I think that the difference is, you know, I've made a choice that that I choose to do that. I choose to live this way. I want to be helpful. I want to be supportive. And that also supports me. So that works in the boomerang theory. I don't give out often to get back from that person. Actually, the giving out and seeing that, you know, reaction or or uh, interaction with them, the smile on their face or whatever the case may be, is is often the boomerang enough from my point of view. And look, people... People don't care about how much you know either. They want to know how much you care. And I think that leads perfectly to where I, I want to just challenge you on one thing, Stephen. I'm sure you've thought about this. You're about to move into another arena where people's perceptions and more so their misperceptions may impact the impact you can have in the political space. If they have that idea that maybe you aren't, you know, 
bright enough or whatever because you're an exuberant or person. qualified enough. Or qualified. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you, in your own mind, balance the fact that really their opinions don't have to change my day with the fact that you obviously have to go out and change minds? Like, don't get me wrong, I, I put my hand up for local government council thinking that, you know, cool, it's not really political, that's good. And then I find out it is, <laughs> you know, and I go, oh, wow, that's... okay. Because, I mean, there's – because someone said, oh, so you're going to become a politician? I went, oh, no, I'm just going to be a local councillor. I mean, really, I'm not looking at it for anything of that nature. It's about it's about getting on, working with the people it's about representing your community and it's about having your community be open enough and know that you're open enough so they can come to you and say, Steve, I'm having problems with this, uh, you know, the roads, the dogs, the uh, the, the wildlife, uh, the garbage isn't, you know, being collected, uh, you know, water's not working right, whatever the case may be, or I think we need more parks or we need more, you know, uh, attractions. And to be able to come to you and then you present that to the other councillors and you work with those councillors to see what we can do, what is is really a great idea that we could move forward uh, for the city of Aubrey. Now, you know, I don't think that's rocket science, but that's, you know, that's the intention I'm going in on. Now, I found out already there's some interesting political games that happen, but I'm not going to engage in those because I just don't want to, I just don't want to, it's just not my style. And so I'm either going to be a very frustrated person but I just want to make a difference. You know, I want to be able to make a difference to this city and to this region. I want to make this the regional hub of Australia. Now, I believe we already are, but Aubrey Wodonga, in my mind, needs to have the branding of the regional hub of Australia and then the regional hub. And we can tag that with lots of things because we're lots of things to everybody and not just one thing. That's why it's hard to have one branding that brings you here. But if we talk about the regional hub of Australia and we could be the regional hub for arts, the regional hub for fashion, the regional hub for sport, the regional hub for parks, uh, the regional hub for, you know, for lifestyle, whatever you want to tag that end bit onto it, I think really matches really well. And I think if we can market ourselves as the regional hub of Australia, that's going to allow people not to just drive through on the freeway and not want to stop to check out the regional hub of whatever we tag it with at that particular time. You know, the regional hub of events or festivals or or architecture or whatever it may be. And and I really think that, that that's a, something that we could do and brand ourselves with so that it makes us uh, a powerhouse from a council point of view, from a uh, from a business point of view, from a tourism point of view, and also just from an economy point of view. I like the shape, like a Canara. I like the shape of that idea, Steve. <laughs> it's it's a big idea and I'm 100% on board. I actually said to Mel, I'd love to have Steve back on and I'm not sure whether I've ever thought about punching sideways ever having anything with like, oh, we're bringing a counsellor on or a potential counsellor. And then she wrote back to me, do you care? Really? Like that was like in a good way and I'm like, I not really. I, I love yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. There was a conversation around, oh, Steve just has this post like he's put up, he's running for council. What do you think about that? And I was like, I just liked it immediately. He's a good person. I don't really care. Like, like yeah, it. so did I. It wasn't and it's a- interesting, though. It would be interesting, though, yeah. to see what who people who don't know me and then what they say. Like, I mean, like, and I know there'll be things that they'll say that, oh, you know, you've got no idea. You know? mm-hmm. And then I'll, it'll be interesting because I don't, want to be lumped as, oh, you're just another politician. Like, that's not exactly the intent for me at all. And I would really love that 
going in, if there's a way I could make it so that you can only run for two terms, full stop, and you then we and refresh it. You've got new people coming in all the time, new ideas, because I'm not here to be a lifelong counsellor. That's not my intent. It's to make a difference in this place and to either do one term, maybe two at the most, and then move on. Move on, get out, let somebody else, uh, you know, bring them in because I'm pretty sure it will it will take a fair bit of energy and take a fair bit of time. And uh, and I think it's important that that you're on top of things and you can give that, you know, not just sit there and, you know, and, and occupy a seat uh, just because you've done it before. Needs to be sustainable. So, Steve, you've you've made reference a few times to the fact that Albury Wodonga as a whole might have a branding problem. Could you just elaborate a little bit upon what you think might be what's not working quite as well as it could be now, and maybe what you would think would actually help build, you know, at least build momentum behind the idea of us being a regional hub? Well, I think we are a regional hub, so I don't think that's a hard thing to sell to other people. I mean. Because, I mean, I don't mind if our branding is something we even have to create from from scratch. It's just that we'd start, you know, the friends and family tourism market is massive. And what I'd like to see is I'd like to see things that are here 365 days so that when you have family and relations come and see you or friends, come and see you guys and stay with you, you know to take them to the amazing parks and gardens that we've got. You take them to the amazing buildings that we've got. You take them on a little tour of Aubrey that we've marked out because it's a tourism, you know, uh, map. You, know, you take them to the Library Museum. You take them to uh, to lots of different places, to the Weir. You take them out to, you know, Edamoga. You take them to lots of different places and then you go further as well because, I mean, we are the hub. And, and they get on the, the spokes and the wheel is that sort of bright Beechworth, Rubber Glen sort of area, plus the snow fields as well. So it's really important that we've got things for them to look at here in Albury, as far as I'm concerned, and things for them to do and something that's unique. I was on the Albury Wodonga Tourism Board in the 90s, and the council at the time said, look, you know, if you from the industry give us something to go with, then, you know, we'll start looking at marketing because at that time we were called Beautifully Placed and it was just a little bland for me because it was Beautifully Placed but it didn't really have any tagline other than that. And even though that's good and a, a great idea and better than nothing, it just I think it needs to have a bit more substantiation in it. And, you know, at that time we talked about the sporting events, um, you know, the festival of sport. We could be the regional hub of sport here absolutely easily, no problem at all because of the great sporting facilities that we've got. Plus, you know, we've got some amazing sports people such as, you know, uh, Olympians and and world champions and things of that nature, you know, that live right here or that have come from here. You know, Aubrey, Aubrey Wodonga, and I talk about it as Aubrey Wodonga because we are in one community, but it is ripe as far as I'm concerned for a huge music festival. Um, you know, there could be a huge music festival that we're not tapping into uh, in this region that that, that we could do. Uh, there's also, you know, sporting festivals. There's also, I know, fashion. I've been speaking with people regarding spa- uh, fashion. Also, even, you know, uh, uh, look, markets and market gardens and things of that nature as well. So there's really lots of things that, you know, I don't mind if we're called Australia's capital, you know, dare I say it, Tiddlywinks Championships, if that's going to bring people here and then people come through, you know. If we have the Tiddlywinks Championships, (laughs) I'm I'm never leaving. (laughs) 
No, look, and even I, even though I say that in jest, but even, what I'm saying is, when you go to a souvenir shop in Albury, what's the souvenir you get for Albury? Yeah, there isn't any. I'll tell you one because there's no souvenir shops. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we haven't created anything that's worth from a tourism point of view. But before that, we did have everything on a postcard that we had in Albury. 20 years ago, is now no longer nearly here. Frog Hollow. Frog Hollow's gone. Oh, Edamaker bought- Sanctuary's gone. Cumbaroona's gone. You know, they're, they're, all these things that we have, Trout Farm's gone, all those things that we had that brought even, the, you know, the Harvey's Fish Farm on the, on the, on the causeway, you know, like those sort of things we need to still, we need to boost economy. And what I'd love to do is I'd love to boost the energy and when I say the energy, I mean the confidence of people in the Albury region. I want to build culture so that we're actually proud to be here. We know that there's someone out there, you know, looking for a big picture. I am not a detail. I've got some detail, don't get me wrong, but I want to do big picture stuff. And that's why I'm going with Kylie King on my card because she's the detail stuff. Yeah. And so I want to I want to paint the picture and sell the picture to everybody about you know, getting amazing parks, getting amazing sporting facilities, getting great business here, you know, building infrastructure and things that are going to stay here every single day, not just festivals and events because we need both. If there is one thing on that list of old nostalgia that was on that postcode that you could bring back, which one was it and why? Ooh. Look, a couple of – look, I was on the committee to to save the Cumbaroona. I know that it was costing uh, council or ratepayers money, but so does you know so does upkeep of parks, so does upkeep of uh, you know uh, fields and gardens and things of that nature as well too. I thought it could be looked at as an investment in where now what's happening with the um, you know the the Norial Park you know, new precinct, which is going to be absolutely fantastic with a boardwalk and that sort of thing, and that's great. And and really, it's a shame that it's probably forty years too late because you're not going to market Aubrey as the place to come to see the Murray because. Even though you you will that'll be party marketing, but not your only marketing because it's not strong enough. We don't have the infrastructure like they have in Achuca and like they have in Swan Hill and like they have in Mildura and like they have at Mulwala and and uh, Yarrawonga. So even though it's great and we need to have that uh, you know th- that revamp of the Norial Park area, which is a sensational area, it's not going to be the only thing. So it'd be. I, I had great times when we did uh, Cumbaroona cruises, and I remember entertaining people on that, and and people absolutely, you know, loving it and enjoying it. Then also, you know, there's things like the Iver. We've got the Iver plane that, uh, you know, that that did an emergency landing here in the, I think it was the 1930s. Excuse me if I'm got it not exactly right, but you know, we should know about that sort of thing. That should be part of our curriculum, or there should be a museum of that going towards the airport. Imagine if there was a, you know a glass museum that you saw the Iver coming in to land and the cars driving out there to help it land way back in the 30s so that it could do an emergency landing, refuel up, get it organised, get fixed and then get back into the race that it was and and still won the race, you know, from a... uh, uh, a worldwide aeroplane race at the time. So things like that that we should be proud of and we should know about, not just tucked away in a little, uh, you know, in a little area that we we don't see. You know, I'd love to have a, a huge big playground, not just 
uh, you know, the Otters Creek playground is fantastic. You would imagine if we had several of those and they were connected by by paths that you could walk on or ride on and you could go to different ones and it took you a day or two to actually get to all our parks and playgrounds. Because we live in Australia's biggest playground, we could have Australia's biggest playground network. So those sorts of things that we might be able to create and do that then they're here 365 days. So then when someone comes to stay with you, hey, let's go to the park. Let's go to that, uh, you know, the Edamoga Sanctuary and, and, and things of that nature where we can really be proud of some things that we put in place that don't necessarily all have to be privately owned, I don't believe. Shepparton still always have International Dairy Week. And I remember that whole week, and it's still like a thing, Everything was booked out from years in advance that all the hotels were booked out for International Dairy Week, which is sounds just so obscure and isn't it like interesting to half the world. But I know that growing up on a dairy farm, our family holiday was one night at the Park Lake in Shepparton for International Dairy Week so we could go to Tatura. So you just need some like an, a unique point of difference, really, yeah. And that's the, that's the key. It's about having a unique point of difference and that's why we if we haven't got it, we need to create it. And that, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we've got like an amazing motorsport uh, background here as well too. So, you know, we could be the regional hub of motorsports. We could be the regional hub of, of car shows or show and shines or motorbike shows. You know, there's a there's a, a national uh, motorbike show coming in December at, at the Twin City Harley-Davidson shop. Uh, we have the... Um, the Chrysler, uh, Chrysler's on the Murray, a massive event. They're like that's the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere. And once again, those those style of events are, are, are great. And then when they come for those events, if we've got the other tagging in tourist attractions, that'll keep them here longer and and uh, allow them to spend more money in our region. Mm, like it. I also like it. <laughs> I like money. I just don't have any of it at the moment, just like <laughs> well, you, Steve. It, it flows through me. It flows through me beautifully. Don't worry about that. Money is, isn't designed to hang on to. It's designed to move through you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way okay. to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, thank you. You've given us, once again, a little bit more time than we first talked about. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Is there anything maybe you could say to people that are in entertainment or music or just the local culture just in general from your perspective on maybe what they're going through right now maybe something positive you could leave some leave people with like it's been it's been tough and i won't i won't uh i won't pretend that uh, i haven't uh, had to dig deep into some challenges uh even earlier this week uh you know i was still thinking wow my entertainment career might need to be my second job rather than the full-time work it's been for the last 30-odd years. I've done a number of different radio interviews over the past uh, couple of weeks. We created a video, when I say we, uh, a friend of mine, James Buster, who originally uh, trained with the uh, with the uh, Fruit Fly Circus, and uh, he's a juggler and uh, comedian and just entertainer in general. And he moved to Sydney and he was out of work and he comes back to Warby regularly and I catch up with him and he decided to make a video for all those people in the entertainment slash arts slash, you know, uh, you know, musical type industry. 
And uh, and the, the video was very, very powerful. It ended up being 11 minutes long, and he cut it, and he, he spoke to about 20-odd uh, different entertainers in different fields, whether they'd be uh, with the circus, or, uh, with comedians, um, uh, DJs, MCs, and um, all that sort of thing. And obviously, I was I was one of those. And he put that video out to different media outlets, and uh, lots of people started picking up on it, which was great. And and since then, it's become a very big swell. And what's happened is, we've been able to uh, write a letter, an open letter to uh, to Parliament, uh, to the government, to actually ask for a an entertainment slash arts minister who actually just looks after our industry. Uh, I'm of the understanding that we're a ten billion dollar industry to Australia, and what's happened is a lot of those artists like that who've got those smaller type businesses or don't even have a business they're just an individual have fallen through the cracks and you know don't qualify for some of those micro business uh, grants and things of that nature so my advice is to support those people in the entertainment industry whether they be a band even uh, the arts like a photographer things of that nature if they've already got photos if they've got a band they've got music they've got an ep out buy their stuff buy their merchandise you know log on to their youtube and subscribe because they, you know, YouTube might pay them some dollars. Uh, there might be an online show that you can do, but but also if you've got people booked, keep them booked. You know, postpone your date, but don't cancel them. You know, maybe consider not asking for your deposit back and things of that nature, so that those people can actually continue on and actually have a job going forward when we get out of this lockdown sort of scenario. So. Reach out to those people. There are a lot of entertainment people and a lot of arts people that are absolutely doing it tough. So make sure you look after them. Uh, give them a call. Uh, touch base with them. Do whatever you can to support those people and hopefully will uh, be recognised as a, as a pretty significant industry and maybe get that support that's required for those people that haven't been fortunate enough to to get it yet. At the moment, I've been able to get the, uh, the New South Wales uh, COVID grant, which has been a fantastic lifeline but if it lasts uh, you know till christmas i'm going to be continuing on by by using my savings to keep my business afloat and to make sure that you know i'm still there uh, for my clients going forward which you know i intend to be you know i'll get other work if i have to to uh, to to maintain it just to uh, to maintain the business and to make sure that we can get out the other side and and uh, start uh, getting into entertainment again like that's very good advice, Steve. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to relate and relay my feelings. Is sometimes it's not like money is super helpful, like you just said. It just goes through your veins. And, but at the moment, there's a lot of feels I think about actually just not having purpose, as yeah. opposed to you know money's all well and good, but your purpose has been taken away, which is very hard to supplement with finances but that's also another reason why you need to check in on people and if you've got things to do give them something to do sort of scenario and the thing is and you're right mel and the thing is i don't really i don't want government handouts i don't want other people to give me money i want to actually get back to working i want to i want to do the job that i i love and that i'm able to uh, to support others in as well too which you know it becomes another boomerang as well so i want to have purpose uh, and get purpose back in my life too and if you have a look the, the, we've created a uh, well, James has created a, uh, a website. It's called savethearts.com.au. 
And it's got the uh, – you can look on YouTube and just check out, check out, you know, Save the Arts. And if you type that in, it'll you'll bring up the video and you'll see, you know, you'll see – You'll see people crying in the video about having no purpose. You'll see, you know, adult people having to go back to live with their parents and, uh, you know, and be funded by them whilst they uh, work out what they're going to do next. So, you know, it's uh, it's pretty powerful. And once again, all we want to do is, as much as I hate to say it, let's just get the jab and let's get back out there and let's get things happening again. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for getting off the tractor. So... <laughs> Because that's way, way more fun than talking to us on a podcast. I'm sorry, I'm that person. Like if you dangled a tractor in front of me and said, come on, let's let's get out there and just push some shit around, I'd be much more. <laughs> much well, more I, haven't, uh, I haven't had it long, Mel. Uh, it's, you know, little, it's got a little little bucket on it, a little front end loader, and so scooping it up and picking it up and putting it down, that's pretty cool. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm still in the honeymoon stage, so I'm loving it. You know, like I just go out on it and pick things up that I don't need to, but I just pick them up and then I just move them over to somewhere else. And it's pretty cool because the last tractor I had didn't have a front-end loader, uh, so Maybe. it wasn't as fun. Yeah, I'm all about it. Stuff with it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. Easily entertained. So, so I'm keeping busy. I'm keeping busy at the moment just around – uh, my little area at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I'll, there'll be a time where in the not-too-distant future I'll get sick of myself yeah. of not actually uh, being able to connect with people, not being able to entertain, not being able to to even do something creative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that'll be the time when uh, I'll, I'll reach out and we'll, uh, we'll work on something else, a new project. Excellent. Well, thank you, Steve. And... I guess maybe people might want to. I think last time we talked about going to bowensentertainment.com.au, but maybe it might be more entertaining for people maybe to follow your your Facebook account. If are you still posting the walks every day on there? Are they still live? I'm still doing walks, not every day. I'm doing them. Um, I'm doing them when required. Okay, Fair very nice. Because I decided that it, I was doing it to make myself accountable, and I did five hundred and. I did 540-odd days without t- having a day off. And then I just took a bit of time when my, my dad was sick and he passed away, and I just took a bit of time just to regroup, uh, get some things back together. And now I'm back out doing it, but I'm doing it. I, I still walk, but I'm not filming necessarily every one of them uh, so that I can also have some time for me as well. And so enjoy it. You know, just a bit of balance, a yep. bit of balance. Yeah, that's fair. Excellent. Well, thank you, mate. And yeah, you can go to punchingsideways.com. I'll have savethearts.com.au and anything else Steve's mentioned today. Down there. He's down here. Down. He's pointing down. <laughs> yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I, really, I really appreciate you reaching out to me again. I'm very honoured to be the third person uh, or, the, or the first person to be on three times. That uh, must be a pretty big record. But I think, you know, I think the overwhelming thing is, is just, you know, just be authentic, be yourself. Reach out to others and you'll be amazed at how amazing that is for your soul as well when you support someone else. So see if we can do. Be kind, create joy, and uh, let's spread love. Thanks, heaps. Excellent. See you, mate. Good message. See ya. How do you feel about after listening to Steve, having a chat to him? I think the thing that I always take away from any interaction I have with Steve, it may be more today than ever for me. Mm-hmm. His authentic self makes me feel different about my day. Yeah. Like I wasn't 100% mm-hmm. 
feeling the vibe of just the day in general. Mm -hmm. And then we got on the call with Steve and then instantly when we got off the call, I felt like I'm going to have a pretty good day. Which is a shame because it's the end of the day right now, but it would have been better if we had knocked him in like earlier and then the whole day could have been Maybe good. for productivity reasons, <laughs> but I'm going to just go into the evening thinking that day got turned on its head by no, Steve Bowen. Um, you can definitely see from our chat, where you might not be able to see, but the, the feels is you can really appreciate why he is so well-known and so well-liked. It's because of that feeling that he imparts to you. He's very generous. And I truly believe that potentially he maybe wasn't feeling as positive as he portrayed, but that's also part of his charisma and his nature is to uplift people. So It is part of his charm, and you've hit the nail on the head, that he, even if he wasn't feeling 100% fantastic, Leading into today, he did give us every bit of himself. Yeah, which is kind of what people expect, but that it doesn't seem to f- fatigue him in the like me giving all of myself. I would be one cranky bastard after about half an hour. You just be there going all by myself. <laughs> I've had too I much milk to be. harmonise with you today. My voice would crack. <laughs> Can you harmonise? I used to sing. Take out of this what you will, but everyone else, including my mate Carl, who's a big supporter of the podcast, he was always a baritone. Yeah. And I think I was the only tenor in our school choir. Yeah, okay. What am I? Just a terrible tone. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe alto soprano. Oh, yeah. Yes, all right. I'd like I don't to know whether there the, is one called terrible tone. But. I wouldn't mind being a soprano. I'll leave a, like, a horse's head on your bed or something like that. <laughs> Jesus. Nah, he's, I shouldn't detract from the fact that that was a really positive experience to be part of and I hope that everyone can really drive down on that and really get some good bits of advice to take away from from this interview. Definitely. And if there was something today that really hit a chord with you, like several parts of it did for me, maybe find someone to share that with. You might change their date the way that Steve changed mine and I'm assuming changed Mel's too. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Righto, punchingsideways.com to listen to us, share the show, and also buy us a coffee if you got some value out of today. And if you you didn't, well, you know where the door is. You've been with us an hour and ten minutes-ish, so yeah, suck it. (laughs) Righto, bye-bye. No laters? (laughs) Laters. No no laters? Laters. (laughs)